4: I am
1: awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native
0: issues. They are, Robert. This portion of the show is supported by a Native American community clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition.
1: I love that tagline. Um, I really do. And uh, we're here with Dr. Stately and uh, we're going to talk a few things. And I know Dr. Stately uh, really thanks a lot. You are the CEO and president of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And uh, what a great tagline. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're a little under the weather and I don't know if you'd like to talk a little bit about that, but uh, it's good to see you. And it looks like you've uh, bounced back pretty well.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate the uh, <clears throat> well wishes. Um, yeah, I was sick with COVID, I think, for probably the the last week, maybe 10 days. Um, the, for, the worst was like the first two or three days. Just kind of like came out of nowhere. Um, well, actually, it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of somewhere, but um, <laughs> no one really knows because we're walking around these days, all of us pretty much um sort of like um not always knowing if the person next to us is sick or the person across the room is sick or you know if you have allergies or if you have this or that one of the reasons why I think we have to get um it just reminded me myself personally to sort of like do a better job of trying to you know track my symptoms you know I think you and probably all your listeners know this about me too, as much you know, like, I'm allergic to dogs and cats. And I live with two dogs and two cats, <laughs> two of those animals sleep in my bed, like right next to my head. So hard for me to know if I have allergies or if I'm having like, you know, a little bit of COVID. So, you know, um, but this last variant, I think is really quite stealthy. They say it's one of the more easier ones to get. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, um, uh I forget the name of it. Well, people are calling it Eris, which is odd because I think that's also Taylor Swift's tour. So you gotta be <laughs> careful like <laughs> you know what you're talking about here. Like I caught a little bit of Eris. Um oh Swifty. you're Swiftie! Wow, I didn't I know, know you were a Swifty. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Swifty fan, by the way. Yeah. Not necessarily Like, you know, her little antics and stuff like that. But I like her. I liked her last album. I've been listening to it on and on. And I like some of her older stuff. So when I'm out walking the dogs in the middle of the night, and I only do it in the middle of the night, I don't know why, but probably because I like to sing, too. So I got my headphones in and I'm walking Mm. the dogs and I'm singing some Taylor Swift tunes or some Roseanne Cash or
1: Buffy St. Marie. I hear you do a good Buffy St. Marie.
3: Uh, you know, not so much the Buffy St. Maria thing, because, you know, that requires an extra
1: hand um, to do properly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Hey, so, uh, back to COVID. I mean, what a difference I believe, and you, you can tell our audience and me, um, having the vaccine. and and Oh, the, God. The like, yeah. The night and day difference. Like, I mean, I didn't feel...
3: So my first bout of COVID was in November, Thanksgiving week, actually, November of 2020. It's before mm. we got the vaccine. Vaccine right. rolled out, I think, a month later on New Year's Eve in 2020. Um, and I ended up getting sick. I went to the hospital. I was in the hospital for a week. Um, mm-hmm. First three days in the hospital were really scary. I thought like, I wasn't going to turn. You know, and yeah. Um, but I think um, this conversation is kind of enlightening because I think it speaks to like how much we sort of like have shifted in three years, you know, mm-hmm. um, and where we're at as a society and where we're at as human beings, we how far away we are and how self-assured we are and a few other things. Like that's the nature of sort of like, um, you know, these things. We don't pay attention to them so much. Um, we t- pay attention to the thing that's burning on our front doorstep, right? And so and w- which is what we should do. But I think we also have to try to work harder to remind one another to do things like take better care of each other. Um, I got COVID the second time, um, a week ago, Friday. Um, I think probably from there are any number of things. That was a couple different bigger events, um, where I was gathering with folks. Um, one of them was a work event. There was another <clears throat> thing that I had been to that week. Um, also in close proximity with a few other people and one who's actually i knew wasn't feeling well told me they weren't feeling well wow but i think the other thing i was going to say was what was different from that experience to this recent experience is the length of time i was sick i was sick for like like where i really didn't feel very well at all for about maybe two three days max um You know, I went, I actually, I drove to work on Friday morning. I got there at 8.30, 8.35 (laughs) by nine o'clock. I was not feeling well. I was like, I mean, I wasn't, I was like, there's something wrong. I just don't. So I was like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom, maybe get a cup of coffee and see, you know, and myself, I'm kind of the person who like, I start to feel a little bit unwell and rather than like take, um, go home, which is what I, what, which is what I ended up doing. Actually, I usually power through that's mm-hmm. kind of like my MO that I just sort of like, well, you know, I'll, I'll get some sleep tonight and I'll be fine. It was a Friday. Right. <clears throat> and, um, and I was like, literally like within a half an hour, my legs started aching, my hips were aching. And when I get sick, like the, with the flu, mm-hmm. Um, it's usually starts in my legs and my hips. Like I feel it in my joints first, anywhere else. Wow. So I had this experience about five years ago before COVID where I ended up getting the flu and I was actually at a baby shower of my friend, my, my niece at MIWC in their, um, you know, in their social space. And then I start, I like, I hit a brick wall. I was like, I was like right in the middle of like, I don't know, you know, the, the thing with the balloons where you're trying to guess i don't know what the hell i was doing anyway <laughs> but i was like all of a sudden i was like it hit a brick wall and i was like and i had no energy and i was like what is going on and i sat down and i started feeling i was like walked up to my niece so I, I didn't even touch her because she's pregnant i was like i gotta leave i'm sick i know that there's something wrong so <laughs> drove home it was the middle of the snowstorm too all the way from um twin cities to Shakopee, which is where i was living at the time mm-hmm. in the middle of a snowstorm like about to feel like I was dying. And that was about how I felt on Friday. Like I didn't feel like I was gonna die. My my everything in my entire body hurt. Like my I couldn't get comfortable in my bed. I couldn't fall asleep. I drank, you know, half a bottle of NyQuil. <laughs> I didn't lose my sobriety because it was for medicinal purposes. <laughs> um and um and I just like, oh that first day was horrible. And the second day wasn't was a little bit worse. High fever shaking at one point i was shaking so bad i couldn't even like pour a cup of um, tea and and i was like so like i went into my room stayed in my room like you know didn't come out unless i was wearing a mask to be around my family and you know um and i just minimized as much exposure to other people as i could until i started to feel demonstrably better so i was in there about three days wow so it, it was it was bad but you know the benefit was I caught up on two seasons of Res Dogs. Finished the whole <laughs> entire thing.
1: Right on, good. That is a good thing. And then mm-hmm. you know when you take Nyquil, I think it isn't a relapse unless you start singing karaoke. If you start, singing oh karaoke, yeah,
3: no, I was too sick to sing karaoke. <laughs> See,
1: you worked you know, anyway. I was right
3: on the. I was right on the line though. You know, I was going to dance to the other side really easy.
1: Yeah. I got to just a quick question. So, I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> There are people still passing Mm -hmm. away from COVID.
3: There are, are actually. And actually, one of the things that's an important thing for us to talk about here is that still, to this day, three years post-pandemic, Native Americans are the most impacted group. We are more likely to be hospitalized. We are more likely to be severely hospitalized uh, um, and end up in the ICU. And we are the most likely to die per capita.
2: So...
1: Well, that's so let's let's that right. Let's talk a little bit about that in the next segment. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, CEO and president of Native American Community Clinic, and uh, telling his own story, which really helps us uh, uh, learn about this disease and what's going on in uh, the Native community uh, health wise. So, thank you, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us.
5: True North Tree Care reminds us that ample blood supplies can never be assumed. It's healthy donors that make the difference. Don't pass the buck and give blood today. This message was courtesy of the folks who care at True North Tree Care who say, our area is a great place to live, work, shop, and raise our families, and they're doing their part to keep it that way. That's True North Tree Care at 12800 Whitewater Drive in Minnetonka, where they're always concerned for the safety and welfare of our community. That's True North Tree Care. I love my Toyota vehicles, so when I have to get service done, there's only one place I go, Rudy Luther Toyota. They know Toyotas inside and out. It starts with them checking your alignment and tire treads with their Hunter Quick Check Drive Inspection Service. Oil changes, tires, batteries, wipers, no matter what you need done, they can help you with reliable Toyota parts and the best service team in Minnesota. Check out their website, RudyLutherToyota.com, for service and parts specials just for Toyota vehicles. Get your Toyota serviced at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley.
6: 2023 is here and you can make it the year of the eagle with the National Eagle Center. You and your family can enjoy exciting eagle experiences, including field trips, private habitat tours, and exclusive behind-the-scenes tours. Meet live eagles up close, view bald eagles and golden eagles in the wild, and receive personal one-on-one education with dedicated and knowledgeable eagle experts as you journey into the world of eagles like never before. Learn more and plan your unforgettable eagle experience today at nationaleaglecenter.org slash experiences. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. So come check out their pizza and wine bar, or get a treat from the bakery made fresh daily. Plus, you can still do online ordering and takeout, along with gift cards. Just go to cafelatte.com and choose from their ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soups. Cafe Latte is located off Victoria and Grand and online at cafelatte.com. Hey,
5: it's Patrick for Zero Res. Is your home ready for the holidays? Be honest, how does your carpet look and smell right now? Okay, maybe you have a carpet disaster on your hands, but that's why you should call my cleaning heroes at Zero Res. Some people hire a deal-of-the-day carpet cleaner to save a little money, but trust shouldn't come that easily. Don't DIY it. Call Zero Res because you know it's safe and effective. That's why this month you can get three rooms zero resified starting at just $149 and take $75 off when you get your AirDuck Zero Res clean. Call Zero Res right now, 952 Zero Res, or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM 950 special. Spell it forward or backward, it's the same Zero Res. Refresh, restore, and protect your investment. Call Zero Rest to clean your business the right way so your floors and surfaces stay cleaner longer without the harmful chemicals the other guys use.
1: Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake.
0: This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota Indian women's sexual assault coalition. Hey, native Brits radio will be doing a live show at 1 PM from the Minnesota history center with native American initiatives on Saturday, October 21st from 11 to two for the opening of their new exhibit. our stories.
1: Hey, we're excited too. we'll be down there. We're going to be going on our commercial free and we're going to be grabbing people, uh, and having them come on and talk about the exhibit. And, uh, I hear rumors Dr. Stately might be there too. So we might have to bring him a free t-shirt or something to come on and cause he's a busy guy, but Hey, welcome back, Dr. Stately.
3: Thank you so much.
1: <clears throat> hey, I got a quick question. We were talking about COVID and kind of, um, and I asked you a question about, um, people are still passing away over it. And, and you mentioned uh, a, a big fact that, you know, Native Americans are, really in the forefront of this deadly disease still. And I wanted to ask you what, what is different now per se to the days of when the vaccine first came out and there was, you know, lines of people around the block trying to get a
2: vaccine.
3: Yeah, I think that there's a number of things that have happened. One is that, um, you know, back in when we first rolled out the vaccine in 2020 and um, early 20. 21, um, <clears throat> there was um, a tremendous amount of sort of incentivizing that was happening for people to get their vaccines, you know, um, in a number of areas, especially with like high risk people. So like the elders, people who are 65 and older or in Indian country, I think we sort of set the bar at like 50 or 55. Um, people getting their vaccine first, um, and then frontline workers and those kinds of folks, fire rescue, medical people, those kinds of things, um, people who are in the service industry. And there was a lot of effort, teachers, a lot of people, a lot of effort put into starting getting the people who are on the front lines and the most high at risk to um, get vaccinated, which was, you know, a big part of that. and. You know, you could go someplace and get a vaccine and get like a $50 gift card, which is like, you know, um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: just not not what we're doing anymore. It's like, and we have these big, huge vaccination stations all over the place. Remember, you could go down to the armory, you could go to the airport, you know, 24 hours practically, um, you know, and get a vaccine, get a test. <clears throat> we just don't have those things anymore because, and a big part of the reason we don't have that is like, you know, for the most part, at least here in the United States, a number of other developed countries, um, it's kind of under control. I mean, under control in the sense like you know, it's we we've been able to identify it. We have the technology to identify it. We have the technology to treat it. It's a lot like you know, it's become. It went from being a global wide pandemic to being like in certain communities in certain countries, specifically developed countries that have a lot of money and a lot of infrastructure. It's become a lot more. Of an endemic, which is like what the flu is, or what your mm-hmm. seasonal cold is, or a few other things. It's like it comes around every year. It comes around frequently. You're going to get it, but you're likely not gonna have to die from it, unless you're at high risk. Older people are at high risk from dying from the flu, right? The like uh-huh. variety of flu. They're at risk for dying from as our young babies, um, which is the reasons why we really encourage you know you to get those vaccines for your children when you're really young. Get those mm-hmm. vaccines for older people when they're older and they have less immunity, your immunity as a function of your age kind of curves, hits a curve like in your 30s, 40s, and in the 50s start to slide down Mm -hmm. by the end of your life. You you have the kind of like, you know, there really is like, they say like, you know, when you're older, you're kind of becoming like an infant again, you're kind of like becoming a little more feeble and a little less able to do things for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how your immunity works as well. And so doing those things is really important. And we just don't, we're so far, we're, we're three years from that process. And so it also doesn't feel as emergent to us before it felt like a fire burning on your front doorstep. Right. right? Now right. it feels like, you know, Oh, I can see the smoke over there, but you know, it's far away from me. So I'm not going to worry about it yet. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, Ho-Chunk yeah. did a really good job. Uh, I drove to Black River Falls and that was before I was an elder. Um, I was mm-hmm. 59 and 60 is, uh, I guess, the baby elder for Ho-Chunk. And wow, they were running it like a well-oiled machine. I remember the governor was there and a uh, lieutenant mm-hmm. governor of Wisconsin mm-hmm. seeing how Ho-Chunk was doing it. It was amazing.
3: We did a great job vaccinating our people all across Turtle Island in mm-hmm. many tribal communities. And in fact, actually, one of the things I remember reading in like late 2021, early 2022, was just how remarkable of a job Indian country did in terms right. of vaccinating their, their communities, right? In fact, so many tribal communities did such a great job, better job than like the public health system, their local public health system, or even their state public health system, right? And so what we ended up seeing was a lot of tribes, mine included, um, vaccinated the people around them. They, yes. like, when they were done vaccinating their own people, they took care of their relatives and their neighbors next door to them. They're not indigenous, mm-hmm.
2: families,
3: which is one of our values, right? We take care of everybody we're related to everyone kind of thing and so that was remarkable mm-hmm. and i think one of the things um that i just think we've sort of kind of have relaxed a little bit about it so you know it, it, we don't see the we don't see the body stacking up on new york times and, uh, and
2: right. the news we
3: don't see people in you know so like it doesn't feel as emergent and it doesn't feel as critical but I think one of the things I would say specifically in Indian country is we can do a better job of vaccinating um, our, our kids and our more vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to try to do a reminder of that. It is hard, though. It's hard to accomplish that in this, in this day and age where there's not vaccination centers everywhere. Right? right. Like if you, if you have to go to the doctor you know, you have to pull in the neck or if you're left north and you got to go to Sanford or you got to, like, you know, got to drive 50 miles to go get, it's like, you're just not going to get that accomplished as well. So it requires us in our communities to think strategically about how we're going to accomplish that differently and
2: better.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I am I, I'm thinking, I'm glad we're talking about it, you and I, because I'm thinking I'm going to New York here in a week and I've heard so many people get COVID from traveling so i need yeah. my booster immediately uh our ho-chunk nation during uh, general council was just yeah. a few days late of having the shot for covid but they did give out uh flu shots and i mm-hmm. got one of those
2: yeah.
1: and i got a free and t-shirt. wear
3: and wear a mask on the plane if you can i don't know if like i know that there was some research that was done that shows like the the airplanes have been updated with really great ventilation systems now mm-hmm. Um, that was something that was accomplished in the, um, in 2021, 22, mm-hmm. but like, you know, what's not ventilated very well is that little thing that you got us like that, um, the walk through, yeah, the walkway from, yeah. The, from the, from the, from the, from the, um, terminal to the plane, which is, um, you know, like you're lined up, like, you know, sheep in there, breathing each other's air.
2: Yeah. So like,
3: if you wear a mask in there for sure.
1: Yeah, close your eyes i I definitely will and you know i for some reason i did not have get covid and i was in lax and you know how that airport is that's like shoulder
2: like oh
3: god it's like mexico city in there
2: yeah not
1: because i'm
3: latino but just the pack you're just like packed in i don't i haven't been to lax in like Fifteen years, maybe fourteen years.
1: well From now on, when on I
3: fly on. to California, I go into Orange County and I'm in a car. It's faster. Oh. And it's sometimes and more bougie years. too. I think. Mm-hmm.
2: More- <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last time I went there, I saw Pamela Lee Anderson.
1: Oh wow, she was bougie well, too. I,
3: I, yeah, I saw you know the first part of her, and then I saw the rest of her later. I'm just kidding.
1: Gee. So, has been talking about her big blonde hair. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very odd. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, that's really good advice. And I think that's a really another good reason why we're bringing this up again, too, is that um, I'm thinking about it more. Um, It's out of sight, out of mind. Like you said, it's not in the news. People aren't being packed in freezers now, Um, but there's still people passing away
3: yeah there are people still dying they're still like you know there's like um i think the last time i checked which is probably about a week or two ago um i forget what for what reason um but i was um reviewing some articles on it and um and updates on it but to this day still there's about about 10 between 10 and 20 people a day in the united states dying mm-hmm. Which is way less than hundreds, right? right. Or thousands. So right. that's good. Really good. But ten people a day, that's quite a bit. So that's three thousand, four thousand people a year. Yeah. But it's not insignificant, you know. Um, it still is up there with other things like certain cancers and other kinds of conditions that they're taking people's lives more frequently. So
1: Well, Dr. Stately, am I assuming, again, I'm not a doctor and Wendy's not on right now, but I'm assuming that this variance could change, too, in a sense of become more deadly if we're not keeping track of it. And I'm also assuming if we would have took care of this in the very beginning and got everyone vaccinated, we wouldn't be dealing with all these variances.
3: Well, I mean, I think that's a it's possible. It's just not. It's just not probable, right? Okay. And so, like this, vi- this virus, like a lot of viruses, is what we would call a smart virus, right? So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I was thinking about, like, you know, <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's going to end up being something like HIV, where it's just a pandemic that, or a epidemic that sort of like impacts, um, you know, um, countries that are poorer that have less infrastructure and things like that it's likely that it's likely that that will be the case. Right. So it'll be around for a while because we just don't have, we, it's actually more about political will, I think, than less about money. We are one of the wealthiest nations on the planet. We can do practically anything. Um, it's about like what we set our will to do.
1: Exactly. You know, that's a great point. And, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. That's an excellent point about a lot of things that happened during COVID that, uh, should be happening now and uh that's a really interesting point. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately and you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake.
0: Getting bus and train information in your language just got easier. Customers who call Metro Transit at 612-373-3333 are able to select language options at the start of the call. Access Next Trip, their automated real-time schedule information tool, and other Metro Transit assistance by calling 612-373-3333. For more information about other transit informational tools, visit metrotransit.org slash Tools. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note, these are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations.
5: This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health.
2: Hey,
1: welcome back to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake.
0: This portion of the show is supported by Strong Hearts Native Helpline. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Call or text 1-844-762-8483. That's 1-844-7NATIVE.
1: That's a great organization and uh, really love partnering with them. And we always talk about this is that we've uh, we've kind of started at the same time, Native Ritz Radio and uh, Strong Hearts, and they've really grown in the last mm-hmm. six, seven years. It's an amazing service that they do, and uh, they're they're really out there in a good way. Hey, we're back with Doctor Stately and Doctor. Uh, before we had to take that break, uh, you were mentioning uh, a really good uh, thing that I forget about is how how uh, the will of the government and to able to find money at the time of a crisis and not put the whole country into bankruptcy and you know we're all living in boxes now um, that we get you know the scare tactic of us if we spend anything on social issues.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think part of that is, is that, you know, th- th- this has been the conundrum I think since the birth of the nation, which is like, you know, there's a small number of people who want to hold onto their wealth. You know, this is the issue that was related specifically to like slavery, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. the big social issue of the, of the 18th century, 19th century, you know, <clears throat> is, um, you know, the the fascination we have in this nation with, like, you know, wealth building and holding on to wealth, like holding on to, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. You know, Elon Musk is a really good um, example of that. Like, you know, his, um, his his ridiculous fascination with, like, just making more and more money and not really caring too much about, like, human beings. Um you know, like, I don't think that he wants to sort of, like, discover anything in, like, Mars or wherever the hell he's going act next. He's, you know, he's interested in making money. Like, you know, um, people in our society talk about things like, you know, water on the on the dark side of the moon. And it's not about, like, oh, well, this could help, help save the human race because we've already damaged this planet, <laughs> you know. You know, the five or six people that are talking about this are all talking about like who gets to claim it and who gets to the right to sort of
1: mine it, and then yeah, exactly. And uh, we just lost Dr. Stately for a minute, Haley. But one of the mm-hmm. things, um, it's amazing, you know, I always say if we could get a uh, get a uh, one less B1 bomber, right. we, could, yeah. we could definitely uh. you know feed the country feed the world
3: we have the we have enough wealth in this nation if not the world to end homelessness today if we wanted to like if we had the will to do it right Mm -hmm. it's not about it's not about do we have the money it's not about any of these other things it's about like you know do we it's the it's the perspective this nation has
1: Yeah, but we don't.
3: Um, but we don't. But we don't recognize that some people actually don't even have boots. They don't even have. They don't, not not necessarily bootstraps. They don't even have boots. Right. Right. And
1: oh, we're losing you, Doctor Stately. Uh, you know, it. You know. Yeah. Like you were saying, uh, I'm sorry, we're losing you a little bit here. You know, you mentioned, uh, you cut out, but I think what you were talking about is people want us to, you know, get our bootstraps up. And, uh, like you were saying, um, a lot of people don't even have boots. And what's interesting too, is there's like these TV shows called hoarders and that's exactly what rich people are doing is hoarding money. And I mean, we think about the pandemic and how, um, toilet paper and paper towels were nowhere to be seen people were oh my god yeah with means were hoarding yeah
3: you know what's really interesting about that experience i remember feeling this way specifically because i remember i walked like three days or four days i think into the pandemic i walked into a target and there was like nothing on the
2: shelf i was like
3: like, what i was like there's not there's no paper towels there's no toilet paper there's like you know there wasn't even a swiffer i guess for wipe. In their back ends with swipers, i don't know but the point <laughs> being is, <laughs> was I, I was like what the hell have people lost their minds and i was like you know what and i had a moment of panic and then i was like you know what i grew up dirt ass poor
2: mm-hmm. like
3: I, I like i i'm not panicked i know how to do poor i know how All to right. do poor well right
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I, I could live off a bag of beans or a you know a Container of oatmeal for a really long time. Like I do not have, you know, I
2: don't panic
3: at all in those situations. Right. But you know, I was like, God, this is insane. It made me think about like just like you know, and then I got really dark too there for a moment. Do you remember like the seventies movie or sixty late sixties movie, early seventies,
1: like soiling Green? Like
3: I knew you were going to ask that.
1: <laughs> that is so bizarre. I knew you were going to ask that. Yes. They're eating people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that movie still to this day. Oh things. my god. You didn't. I
3: know was in boarding team. school when I saw that movie and it freaked the hell out of me. Actually, I was like, good lord, this is oh. crazy. I think I'll stay right here in South Dakota in the middle of nowhere where I don't have to worry about any of that
2: stuff.
1: Right. People driving around and eating people because well, I guess there are no people. So yeah, um, there's no food. Yeah. It, I maybe you can just uh Give a quick synopsis to uh, our younger listening audience of Soylent Green.
3: Oh, Soylent Green takes place in New York. (laughs) I don't know. It's an apocalypse, right? Post-apocalyptic movie. And all the people, there's just dead bodies all over in the street. And, you know, actually a bunch of homeless people, I think, weren't they? Yeah. Or they're presumed to be homeless. Like, they're just, like, people on the streets. And, you know, the government have big, huge, uh, what do you call them? Dump trucks just come and scoop people up and carry them off up. to the soil and green factory. All right, and you know, they're feeding—they're feeding the rest of the world, the you know, the the wealthy, mm-hmm. the you know, with the bodies of the people who are poor. Which is you know interesting that you know forty years later here we are. Like you know, I see pictures of Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles for twenty years. The houselessness problem was not that big in right. Los Angeles. It's huge. It's right, heartbreaking. So heartbreaking.
1: Well, there's many, many reasons for that, but you know, one of them. I mean, you see a whole line of streets of people living in RVs and little campers too that mm-hmm. have nowhere to live other than in their little RV. And uh, mm-hmm. again, if we if we had political will, and I think you know, media has a big part of that too because they're putting us up against each other all the time where. We could be uh, good allies and good neighbors with people, but all of a sudden they hit that greed button uh, and people freak out because they're not going to have what they think they deserve or need and the world goes mad. But that's the way the top 1% likes it. And I'm really disgusted and have been for a long time with our uh, uh, our media. I want to, you know, if it, 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 they don't tell the story, that's really happening.
3: No. They bend the truth. And I think part of it is also is like, um, you know, we I talk a lot about this to so talk about like what it means to be a good relative, talk about like our indigenous principles and our indigenous ways of thinking. You know, we brought sent to earth here by the creator to, you know, with a a set of original instructions those original instructions are those values and those directions that guide us to how to walk this path and be good relatives to one another and to share the resources we have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Because we are really, like, that is, I think, one of the things we forget about, like, the pandemic actually taught us some real critical lessons, like, you know, that we are literally related to one another on this planet, there isn't something, Like, you know, that can happen all the way over in China or all the way over in Russia or all the way over in the Ukraine or somewhere else in, you know, the Sudan or African country Mm -hmm. that isn't going to impact us in some way. Like until we sort of kind of get that and get that through our heads and understand, like, we have a responsibility to not take care of just what's at our front door. we have a responsibility to take care of, um, you know, the smoke that's on the horizon and a few other things. Like we have to do a better job of that. Otherwise, we all otherwise we all perish because my ability to survive is directly tied to your ability to be well and healthy and well-being. So if I don't if I don't fundamentally understand that we're going to all perish.
1: Well, and and the funny thing, too, is when you hear people talking about, you know, global warming and all the things that are happening to Mother Earth, they're acting like the Earth will be gone. It's us the people will be gone yeah they're, no
3: the pl- like, yeah the planet's still going to be here yeah yeah <laughs> right like we're going to be dino- we're going to be the dinosaurs that whatever yeah. generation talks about earlier like oh, remember there used to be human beings here right if there
2: were
1: yeah exactly it was funny i saw a, a video and maybe I was one late night on tiktok but i saw a video well done about what would happen in the next hundred years if uh if people passed away to the planet and of course there would be uh, big problems with the nuclear plants would, uh, you mm-hmm. know, which, sh- but it would take a, uh, they wouldn't even know we were here, uh, 500 or a thousand years ago. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how, um, brittle, I guess that, uh, the human race can be and what we're doing to ourselves.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's, like, so there's just, like, crazy stuff. Like, you, I don't know. Like, sometimes I stay up way too late. Like, you know, like, I'm the opposite of the person that stays up late at night watching, like, those things on television, you know, where you see, like, the animals in the cages and a few other things. And then that's, like, crazy, like, you know, end of the world stuff that's on there. I watch, I read, like, the media articles. And I read the stuff on, 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 on in like, you know, my Apple News and stuff like that. And one of the craziest stories I, heard, I read recently was of like how, you know, like billionaires around the planet, like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, there's this group of billionaires that are all obsessed with like amassing, you know, all the goods and all the money and all the things so that they can be the, so that they can live longer. You know, they're yeah. trying to, There's one guy who's like spending all of his money. And he doesn't work. He spent he like takes like a hundred or five hundred pills a day, and he takes all this stuff. And he like and he's like extend trying to extend his life to like one hundred and fifty. I'm like, good luck, dude.
2: Uh, if you're
3: one hundred fifty years old and like the, there's no earth left, like, and you have all that money, what are you gonna do with it? Like, if they're
2: <laughs> it's crazy people,
3: the people have lost their minds. I think sometimes, and I think that's what money will do to you. And I think that's like specifically, specifically, if you if you haven't. You know, if you haven't tethered yourself to the land, which is what our individual instructions tell us, we were born on a specific place on the earth and we have responsibilities to the earth, responsibilities to each other. And when we lose that North Star, we're lost.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Dr. Stately, we'll end it at that. Thank you so much. Uh, Great conversation, as always. Uh, We're talking to Dr. Stately, CEO and President of Native American Community, clinic here in minnesota in the twin cities in minneapolis uh really appreciate your insight and great conversation as always you go, hey we'll be right back with wendy in our sacred animal section you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake
0: stay with us Getting bus and train information in your language just got easier. Customers who call Metro Transit at 612-373-3333 are able to select language options at the start of the call. Access Next Trip, their automated real-time schedule information tool and other Metro Transit assistance by calling 612-373-3333. For more information about other transit informational tools, visit metrotransit.org slash tools.
5: In recognition of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, this message is brought to you by Strong Hearts Native Helpline, a culturally appropriate domestic and sexual violence helpline for Native American and Alaska Natives. Advocates provide free support and advocacy 24-7. Call or text 1-844-762-8483, that's 1-844-7-NATIVE, or chat online at strongheartshelpline.org. Safe, anonymous, confidential,
6: 24-7. No matter if you're eating out or cooking something at home, EatLocalMinnesota.com has you covered with a list of locally owned restaurants and food purveyors. Locally owned vinaigrette has been offering the finest olive oil and vinegar since 2009. Reintroduce yourself to all the many flavors by tasting before you buy. From darker white balsamic to cold pressed extra virgin olive oil from all over the world, there is something for everyone. Vinaigrette, located at 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis or at vinaigrettemn.com. The Park Tavern is your go-to destination for fun. Enjoy the fantastic food like their pizzas, burgers, and sandwiches, the best bowling in Minnesota, their wildly popular outdoor patio, great drink specials, all the big games on their numerous screens, and it's the perfect place for your next private event, even large gatherings for over 200. The Park Tavern is your go-to destination for everyone. Have fun at the Park Tavern, Louisiana Avenue north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park.
1: hey welcome back to native ritz radio presents i'm awake
4: this portion of the show is brought to you by howling for wolves protecting wolves for future generations
1: hey i want to uh introduce my awesome and beautiful wife wendy wendy's been an animal advocate for many years and uh Learned so much uh, over the years, and I'm willing, uh, willing, I'm ready, <laughs> willing, <laughs> ready um, and willing. Yeah, to hear some uh, more. So, uh, Take it away, Wendy.
4: Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level.
1: Yes, you do. Yeah. Lo- local.
4: <laughs> yeah. Local. Yeah, so last week I was telling everybody that a group of us uh, went to meet with Mayor Carter's office. Uh, We got to meet with his executive assistant. His name was John. And what we did was we presented an ordinance which we'd like to get passed in St. Paul called Fur Free St. Paul. Yeah, so this uh, ordinance already passed in Minneapolis. So I want to start by saying, and I want to be very clear about this, that the fur free St. Paul does not include fur used in Native American tradition and ceremony. So right. I just want to say that. And uh, the language in the bill uh, depicts that. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. Yeah. Um, but what we're talking about here is uh, people who wear like luxurious fur coats, right? And these animals are kept in horrific conditions um, their whole lives um, and kept in um, the small cages and they can't move around and any, everything like that and you know they're hardly fed they're hardly taken care of and then when it's time to use their coats um, usually what how they do it is by anal electrocution Jesus yeah I'm sorry to have to say that but that's the truth uh, yeah. b- because that does not ruin their fur right oh my god yes. right so I'm gonna re- read a little bit here from the Humane Society of the United States um, going fur free because animals need their fur coats more than we do and we already know that we have so many beautiful synthetic um uh things that we could use and what we could wear that look really great you know so on factory on fur factory farms around the world millions of rabbits foxes mink chinchillas and raccoon dogs spend their entire lives in cramped cages, deprived of the ability to engage in natural behaviors only to be cruel, cruelly gassed or electrocuted at the end, at the end. Mm. In the wild animals are caught in crippling leg hold traps for days without food or water. These archaic traps are indiscriminate and often maiming and killing non target animals. Um, like your dog goes for a walk and we've had plenty of, remember Robert, we met that guy whose dog got caught in one of those traps and killed. Yeah. So these, uh, they do kill non, uh, target animals, um, So what we want to do, and it's all in the name of fashion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Humane Society of the United States, with your support, we are leading the fight to pass laws and secure corporate um, commitments on this critical issue. Together, we can create a fur-free future. Um, Dillard's is the last remaining major department store in the United States that still sells fur. The Humane Society of the United States has tried to work with Dillard's on the fur issue for over a decade. It is needlessly cruel and bad business decision. So you could go on the Humane Society of the United States, their fur free page, and you mm-hmm. could sign the petition. And I think it's important for um, Dillard's to understand that. But consumers concern for animal welfare is the leading, fa- as is leading fashion brands um, across the country to move away from coats and fur, Neiman Marcus, Macy's, Nordstrom's, Gucci, Prada, Chanel, coat, Burberry, Versace, Michael Kors, Armani, and InStyle magazine are, are just some of the companies that have announced fur-free policies. In 2019, California became the first state in the nation to ban fur sales, and in, 19, and, and in 2021, Israel, bless their hearts, and let's pray for them, became the first country. Uh, Norway, Belgium, Netherlands, y- the United Kingdom and many other countries have banned fur products. It's clear that this unnecessary cruelty has no f- future in fashion. Right. Yeah, and you could go on the Humane Society of the United States and you could re- um v- view, excuse me, their mm-hmm. humane shopping guide uh, so that you know what whether, you know, you're buying um uh, items from right. people who want you know to ban fur
1: what was the name of that store
4: oh there's lots of them the ones that i just mentioned No, the
1: one that they were trying to get a hold oh, of dillard's I never i've, heard of I've
4: never heard of them either i don't know where they're i don't know where they're based out of okay. i have no idea and, and i don't know the um the year of this article either so maybe they have gone so far hmm. they have done it i have to go back and research that so yeah, 100, 100 million animals are killed for fur each year. Approximately 85% of these animals come from the fur factory farms. Right. The rest are trapped in the wild. Yeah.
1: Factory farms. Mm-hmm. Here we go.
4: Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Not only is it bad for the animals, it's also bad for the environment as well
1: on and on and on and it's all greed and it's like multinational Mm -hmm. corporations that a lot of times own these factory farms and
4: yep and a lot of them are here in the united states and they're owned by china yeah so 300 brands and retailers have adopted fur free policies and are now offering warm and innovative alternatives instead like i said before over 300 yeah
1: just had to put their claws over. so
4: this is the one thing that really shocked me that i did not know 100 animals are or, or more are killed for one single fur coat a hundred yep because <sighs> they can only use right, parts of their part. the pelts of their fur to sew together to make a fur coat so 100 animals are used to um uh used to Crazy. do a single curve i remember i can't even remember this i'm, I'm gonna tell this story oh. um it was like night i'm gonna say 1983 1983 Whoa. okay I, I had my big hair
1: yeah a lot of hairspray
4: a lot of hairspray my big aquanet. hair <laughs> i don't think i used aquanet but i oh, used something on. like that right uh but furs were really big back then, yeah. and I remember my mom for my birthday. What year did I say it was? 1982. So year. I was 21. Uh, yep. And my mom bought me uh, a raccoon fur coat, a wow. raccoon fur coat, and I was like, "Wow, this is beautiful. I love it. Thank you, mom." And I and I did like I mm-hmm. did not know anything about anything back then. I was like a stupid idiot. But anyway. Uh-oh. I had the fur on and I wore it and it kept me warm and I was like so, you know, felt I was like so fashionable with this Mm -hmm. coat on, you know. And I was in my car and I'm driving down the road and I stop at a light and the car in front of me has a bumper sticker on it. Mm. And the bumper sticker had the uh, picture of the cutest raccoon you'd ever want to see in your life with one tear coming down of its eye. Come on. And it said, every fur hurts. What the... And I said to myself, oh, my God. And I started to cry right then and there. Like, it hit me. Like, I made the connection that this thing that I'm wearing came from an animal's body. Right. Right? And I, I remember, like, it was cold. It was winter. I remember that was it. I took the coat off in the car, and I never wore it again. I never ever wore it again and then um, how many years later Robert remember I asked my mom for the the coat remember that how many years I was here in Minnesota so many many years I got the coat from my mom and I brought it to a organization that uses old fur coats and they use it to they cut it up and they use it for orphaned animals. So the little orphaned animals will use the fur for that. And we were able to use it as a tax deduction. So there you go.
1: That's it. Hey, Wendy, thanks again. Uh, You're listening to Native Roots Radio and we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thanks, Wendy. Free
4: Leonard Peltier.
1: Now.